Hello, and welcome to I Am Dad Podcast with your fatherhood authority, Kenneth Braswell. 30 minutes of wisdom, information, resources, and nuggets to help you on your fatherhood journey. Or maybe you're just curious and want to hear some real talk about fatherhood, family, and the minds of men. Well, guess what? We got you too. Sit back, grab your pad and pen, and maybe even bring a little something to sip on. Enjoy 30 straight minutes of fatherhood, family, and fun with the fatherhood authority. Kenneth Braswell. Welcome to I Am Dad Podcast. I'm your host, Kenneth Braswell, and I am here at the ERISA Conference um, in Savannah, Georgia. This is their diamond celebration, 60 years of doing this work for our communities. Here with so many different people I've spoken to, it, it reminds me of how much I've lost during the pandemic without having personal interaction and really talking to people and hearing people. Um, I could literally, if I had the time, do probably 20 or 30 interviews while I'm here because there are so many different perspectives. Um, But I had the pleasure of running into, um, and now that you told me how to say it, I'm messing up. I should have never said anything to you. Tangela Gray. I think I got it right, right? I got it right. And so for those of you who don't know, she's my homie from... Georgia. Oh, right? yes. That's right. And I don't know if you know, we miss you. Oh. We miss you in Georgia. Thank you. I we, miss Georgia, too. We glad you are where you are, but I miss you. Just when I was about to get my hooks in her, <laughs> she bounced and came to the federal <laughs> government. But she ain't know I was there, too. So wherever you are, I'm there. Oh. And so, But if you don't know who she is, she is the current commissioner of OCSE, um, which is the Office of Child Support Enforcement for the federal government. Um, She was also the deputy commissioner in the Georgia Department of Human Services, and she served as the director for the Division of Child Support Services in Georgia with over 26 years of leadership and child support experience there. Um, Gray has served as a member of the board for the National um, Child Support Enforcement um, Association, NCF, for those of you who know it in that way, including being the president and the secretary and previously served as a board member of ERISA. She graduated from Valdosta State University and has a daughter and a son. How are you doing? I am doing well. Doing <sighs> well. Thank you for asking. I was so, when I saw you, my heart just lit up when I saw you yesterday. And I told Susan, I was like, Tangela's here. I got to get on my podcast. And I told James, when James told me that you was going to be here, he's like, no, he said, I'm going to try to see if I can let her know that you're there. I said, if God works the way God's work, she'll come across my path. And sure enough, I'm just sitting there and she walks across my path. Talk to me about where you are now. Like with the federal government and how that is different from being in Georgia. Okay, so let me start off by saying thank you so much for providing me with the opportunity to be with you this Mm -hmm. podcast this morning. It gives me the chance to talk about the transition and um, the priorities we've established at that level. So the federal government level is very different than state. Um, You know, at the state level, I, again, am very pleased to have been supported so much by Georgia. Uh, We were able to get so much accomplished in the child support program. Uh, Anytime you transition out of that type of role, you always feel like you're leaving something unfinished or leaving something behind. Uh, At the state level, you are responsible for just your program for your state. Georgia is state-run and state-administered, which means that the director definitely has a lot of influence 
as it relates to change. Mm-hmm. Um, of course, with the support from um, upper leadership, which would include the commissioner and the governor. Uh, the federal government level is different. Mm-hmm. Um, this position, you are still responsible for the child support program. Uh, however, you're responsible for the child support program at a national level. Yeah. Yes. And so your role is a little different. Mm-hmm. Uh, the role focuses more on making sure that we're providing support to the states. Mm-hmm. That support includes funding. Mm-hmm. Um, it also includes accountability around rules and regulations, mm-hmm. um, technical assistance and training. Uh, and then I, I have to admit, you know, any type of change uh, you want to put in place, I mm-hmm. mean, that change uh has a greater impact because it's at the national level. Mm -hmm. Uh, And you always need to keep in consideration not only the change that you want to put in place for the program you're responsible for, Mm -hmm. but also how that change may impact other programs Mm -hmm. as well. So I have received an enormous amount of support. Mm -hmm. I'm thankful in that area. Um, Our ACF, which stands for the Administration for Children and Families, uh, is Great leadership team. Mm -hmm. Uh, The current administration is really and truly focused with a lot of priorities around advancing advancing racial equity, Mm -hmm. uh, providing opportunities uh, for low-income families. And so that provides us as members of the child support community to really get in and lift up Mm -hmm. some of the change we would like to see for our families. How'd you get here? Because um, 26, 27, we ain't going to date her. We ain't going to date her, right? <laughs> Thank you so much. I appreciate Take that. Take me through the milestones. Oh Just let me goodness. know. How'd you, get in, how'd you get into this space? You know, it's a funny story because, um, as you mentioned in the bio, I graduated from Valdosta State University. I am a person who loves data and numbers. Mm. And so I graduated with an accounting degree. Okay. I was really thinking at that time in my life, I just need a job so I can have enough money to pay the, take the CPA exam <laughs> okay. and the course. Mm-hmm. So I fell into applying for a job with the state, and that was my focus. I was going to be with the state a year or so, just long enough to make enough money to do both, the mm-hmm. CPA exam and the course. And I have to admit, I fell in love with not only the work, Uh, But the people that I was working with as well, I moved through several positions, a total of nine, to be honest with you, Mm -hmm. over a 25-year period. And I just kept building on the experience from the prior role. Mm -hmm. And um, honestly, I had my own personal challenges. I think I've shared that with members of the community, young. I was diagnosed with breast cancer. Uh, At that time, I was single with two small children, and I, too, was in need of financial medical support uh, for both of my children. So as a custodial parent, um, I can relate to the child support program. And then later in life, when things got better, my um, health situation improved, and um, I felt like my financial situation improved a little. I could relate a lot more to non-custodial parents and the challenges that they face. Mm -hmm. And so I married a person who was co-ordered to pay child support later in life. And so I understand how difficult um, the dynamics of a blended family Mm -hmm. is. Yes. And then 
I've moved through the child support program as it relates to policy and procedures and, and services. So I can relate to almost every member of the family, whether it's the organization, whether it's the parent court to pay child support, and then those parents that are court ordered to receive child support as well. So my background experience is a little different. Mm-hmm. But necessary, right? When you look back on it, you look at where you are, and then you start looking at your personal life, and you start looking at your journey and your trajectory, and all of a sudden the pieces start to make sense. It, it, and so you get fed with a different level of wisdom than most people who look at this as a career track, right? They're trying to get to a particular position and they're doing all the mechanical things that they think they need to do as opposed to allowing God to really maneuver their lives through both the ups and downs to learn this stuff and to also create a level of empathy in you, right? Not just sympathy, not just caring about people, but being able to walk in their shoes and say, I know what that feels like. And so my work is about bettering the condition for you because I understand exactly where you are. I started off our interview and I usually do this and I forgot and it just hit me that you didn't start off the way you usually start, but it's actually better to start now because you've given us that information. What's your daddy's story? Oh, that's a good one. Mm. So um, I'm glad you asked. Mm. Uh, my mother and father were married for a very long time, uh, a little over 25 years, and then they got divorced. Um, when they got divorced, of course, that negatively impacted us. I am the only girl of four, mm -hmm. and um, I have three brothers. And I have to admit, you know, after the divorce, my relationship with my father changed. Mm -hmm. um, he definitely wasn't as involved uh, as we would have liked for him to be. Mm -hmm. uh, and I do, not. it's not the blame game. Mm -hmm. I don't want to use that term. But I will say that uh, I am a product of uh, my environment. Mm -hmm. And as a result of that, when um, children don't have that father figure in their life long term, especially at critical times, mm -hmm. I think it impacts your perception on what relationships, positive relationships look like. Mm -hmm. And so... I, I had major issues with my father for a long time after him and my mom split up. Mm -hmm. I kind of resented the way things turned out where she was struggling so much financially uh, and he wasn't involved. Uh, so some good and bad came out of it. You know, as I mentioned earlier, the bad was really and truly not having that strong foundation uh, and being able to know what a good relationship looks like. Mm -hmm. The good that came out of it was I was determined. Mm. I was determined young to make sure that I put myself uh, in positions to take care of myself mm -hmm. uh, and to take care of my children, um, regardless mm -hmm. to whether or not I had to do it alone. Mm -hmm. So um, as I've gotten older, I've learned that things happen. Relationships don't always work out. Right. Uh, it is not positive or healthy to hold grudges. Mm -hmm. And so my father and I, we talk now. Mm -hmm. Our relationship is a lot better. Mm -hmm. uh, we have the opportunity to be a lot more open with each other than we have in times past. Mm -hmm. And so all I can do now is work really hard to share with my children mm -hmm. maybe some of the mistakes I've made and to remind them that, you know, parents are human. Right. We're individuals. We're going to make mistakes. 
Uh, and a lot of times we do the best we can do with what we know or have mm-hmm. at that time. Yeah, you don't um, strike me as someone who gets up in the morning and laments about what is going to be in front of you in the day. Like some people are like, oh, Lord, I got to go out there and deal with these people. I got to go out there. Like you strike me as the individual who wakes up and said, God, do with me what you would have me do today. And I'm going to be joyful in that and make it happen. Like what is the part of you that when you wake up in the morning and you walk out the door with a smile on your face, knowing that you're going to impact something today? You know, that's a tough question because um, to your point, you know, I don't believe in being stagnant. Mm. I really don't believe in that. That's just my own personal preference. Mm -hmm. And so when a problem presents itself in my life, I am an action oriented type person I feel a whole lot better if I'm giving the problem some thought. I'm trying to figure out how I can resolve it. Or at least I want to talk about it. I need to be doing something in order to feel productive. Mm-hmm. Um, I am not one of those type of people that like to wallow mm-hmm. in a situation. I want to just keep progressing, whether it's financially or emotionally. Um, and so what I have learned mm-hmm. in my experience is no matter how hard I might try to work at something or strive at something, first thing in the morning, afternoon, at night, those things that work out a whole lot faster and a whole lot better are those things I pray over it. Mm. And, you know, if it's hard and emotional, you know, those that I've prayed over and say, you know, I, Lord, I, I don't know what to do. Mm-hmm. I don't want to spend time worrying about it or wallowing over it. I'm just going to give it to you and mm-hmm. let you. Do what you think is best. Mm-hmm. And so doing that provides me with some relief. Mm-hmm. It provides me with the opportunity to say, okay, I've prayed over it. Uh, I don't want to be one of those people to do nothing. Mm-hmm. But um, I try to stay positive. I try not to take my problems out on other people. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I try to stay grateful for what I do have mm-hmm. instead of focusing so much on what I don't have. Mm. That doesn't mean I don't have plenty of bad days. <laughs> I do. Yeah, 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 yeah. And so I'm going to have a short time with you this morning, so I want to get to the meat of really, I just think it's important that people understand who people are, mm-hmm. right? That's what this podcast was about for me. Um, it was about creating a voice for the field. Like, I'm happy when everyday fathers and moms listen, but my influence is trying to, allow the field to hear the humanization of the people behind the work that is necessary to be done. Because I think so many times when we are talking specifically to our dads, they think that it's a person against them. And it's not. These are human beings that are trying to figure things out and they're within systems that won't allow them to do everything they want to do. But some of them having to do what they got to do. I remember Dr. Armand Perry um, in a documentary we did, and we were talking about fatherhood and, and child welfare. And he was talking about how he was struggling with his job, and he was just going along doing what he had to do within his job. Mm-hmm. And one day realized that he was implicit in his work and actually implicit in the problem. Mm-hmm. And because he was just going along doing the work, he was actually part of the problem. And he had to figure out how not to be part of the problem, but be part of the solution. Mm -hmm. 
Talk to me about your solutions. When you think about um, your career, you think about where you want to be, what you want to impact. Talk to us a little bit about your solutions and, 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 and where you're seeing this space going. Okay, so um, as I mentioned, my background experience is probably different from uh, people who have served in this role prior to me. And um, you mentioned earlier about the calling. Well, I am very passionate about this work based on my background and experience. So as it relates to providing solution, you know, the Federal Office of Child Support Enforcement, this role as commissioner is really, as I mentioned earlier, about support and accountability at the state level. Mm-hmm. Um, there are a lot of fatherhood initiatives out there, a lot of programs, a lot of services. Um, but unfortunately, child support has the mm-hmm. reputation of being negative mm-hmm. and focused on um, the mothers and children only. And so when you want to rebrand and really and truly provide a solution, um, at this time of my life, I truly believe that that solution um, needs to be embedded in law, some type of regulation that requires state programs, tribal programs, um, and other entities to provide services to every member of the family. And so, as I mentioned earlier, um, although in this role you can't get ahead of the president, uh, but there's opportunities to pursue changes in the law. Uh, those opportunities are kind of limited to whether or not it's going to be a regulatory change or a statutory change. And so I am hoping to see some type of regulatory change in our child support program that requires requires for us to provide services to parents court that pay child support. Mm-hmm. And so in addition to all of the other great services that we provide, when or if there's a parent that's courted to pay child support, uh, dedicated federal funding can be used to provide employment and training services. Mm-hmm. So for those parents, you know, let's just say it's Denzel Washington and he and I had children mm-hmm. together. You know, <laughs> Denzel's making plenty of money right yeah, now. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, situations change. They do. And so um, although he probably wouldn't be on a case with a state, if he was and he fell on hard times, uh, this potential regulation, if we can get it across the finish line, provides services to Denzel to make sure he's employed, he receives training, and he has the ability mm-hmm. to provide financial and medical support to his children. Doing so, you know, changes not only the brand of the program, but actually provides uh, uh, a vast amount of support to every member of the family. Mm-hmm. Contrary to popular opinion, mm-hmm. you know, we have plenty of parents co-ordered to pay child support that are underemployed and under and unemployed. Right. And so it's just very, very important that as um, times change, you know, uh, the family structure change, mm-hmm. uh, our program needs to change with it. Mm-hmm. When you think about, um, so one of the things with the clearinghouse, I'm going to start with the issue, and then I want to tell you um, the story. And so for for the last 12 years, um, heading the National Responsible Fatherhood Clearinghouse, mm-hmm. <clears throat> we have struggled with trying to figure out how to um, connect practitioners and the federal government in terms of child support. It's just been very difficult. The conversation is different, right? At our level, it is policy, law, 
and procedures and funding is that conversation. But at this dad level where we're providing direct services, it is the system is trying to destroy me. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, everybody is against me. Mm-hmm. Like they, uh, we, I said earlier, they don't see it as people. I mean, they, 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 they don't see it as a system. They see it as people against them. Mm-hmm. And so in Georgia, and you know, I'm speaking to the choir, um, you know, we got this issue of legitimation, right? Mm-hmm. And so one of the things that we have decided to do, particularly in the state of Georgia, is to stop trying to change the policy and law um, through emotions, which is they don't deserve this. We need to do something about it. Like, no, we're not going to do that. We're going to slow this thing down. Mm -hmm. And what we're going to do is we're going to create proof of concept, right? We're going to provide services Mm -hmm. and we're going to help fathers who need to legitimize their children, legitimize their children. We're going to analyze, you know, what the process is, where does, it have, where does it have an impact on these fathers. If it's financial, we need to address that. We need to talk about that. But we need to have a base of evidence to talk about not only that this is the right thing to do, but if we don't do it, what does it impact for the state of Georgia mm. economically? And how does it impact families? And how does it impact children? That's never been done. Everybody is just trying to come at it mm. from this is the right thing to do. And so everybody who comes at me, we should go to court. No, no, no. Slow it down. Mm. Like I got five years. I got this grant. We're going to provide these services. And at the end of five years, we're going to tell a story. Mm-hmm. Right. And this story is going to be. Our agency was able to do X mm. with X amount of fathers that impacted X amount of children that released the system of having to pay uh, financial assistance for X amount of money mm. and employ X amount of dads. And this is a good thing mm. for the state of Georgia. Mm-hmm. When you look at that from that vantage point, how can the field help you in the solutions that you're trying to implement? Because we have not been able to figure out what that looks like. I was telling my workshop yesterday, because we did a workshop on um, child support and incarcerated parents and returning citizens. Mm -hmm. And I said to them, let me just say this to you, because I've spoken, I was part of child support in my early days. I worked for child support enforcement for five years in the state of New York. Mm -hmm. And I said, as apprehensive as you are in talking to fathers, fatherhood organizations, they are just as apprehensive about working with you. Mm. And no one, you're not reaching for each other. Mm-hmm. Like it's a timing thing. Mm-hmm. When you're encouraged to reach towards them, they're not reaching towards you. Mm-hmm. But then when they are encouraged to reach towards you, you're not reaching towards them. Mm-hmm. And that has to happen simultaneously. Mm-hmm. How do we have this conversation? How do we get to a point where everybody is on the same page we know what it is we're trying to accomplish and by no means are we saying that that custodial parents don't deserve the financial support that they need for their children i always have to go there because they think we're trying to that's not what we're trying to do our fathers understand the importance of the notion of child support Mm -hmm. right Mm -hmm. regardless of the system it is still your obligation to support your child We just happen to be talking about the financial piece of it right now, Mm -hmm. but you still got to spend time with them. You still got to help them with their homework. You still got to, you know, kiss their boo-boo on their knee. You still got to do all those things. That's all part of supporting your child. Mm -hmm. So don't take this piece of it and put it out there like it's a piece that people are forcing you to do. Mm -hmm. But how do you get us to figure out a way to work together so that we can actually move this thing forward? So I would recommend three ways. Uh, the first would be 
uh, getting yourself familiar with the structure mm. of the child support program. The reason why that is important is because although there's a requirement for there to be a child support program and in each state and territory, right now there's a total of 54 that excludes the tribes, um, these child support programs in each state can be structured very different. Mm-hmm. Uh, for example, you have some that's administered by the Department of Labor, I mean, the Department of Revenue. You have some that are administered by the AG's office. So getting familiar with the structure is extremely important. Um, as a part of that structure, you have the state director that's in charge of communicating with the feds and being aware what the rules and regulations are. And that structure in that state will help you identify who you should partner with. Okay. You know, whether or not you're partnering with the county, whether you're partnering with the state level, or you're partnering with the AG's office, structure is the first place. Mm-hmm. The second area is really building those relationships. Once you've identified that structure, uh, trying to figure out how you can build a relationship based on that structure, because the relationship, once again, may be um, collaborated at the county level. Uh, it could be collaborated at, at the state level. Mm-hmm. It could be collaborated at the tribal level. And I know I don't have to share with you, Georgia has like 159 mm-hmm. counties, mm-hmm. and each county has different needs and challenges mm-hmm. and presents um, a different population that needs the services. Mm-hmm. So really and truly establishing that partnership based on the structure and identifying what those needs are. I really appreciated what you said earlier about legitimation orders in Georgia. Yes, that is a huge barrier for our parents in the state of Georgia, but in other areas, the barrier may be different. Absolutely. It could be transportation. You know, it could be background, experience, criminal records. So identifying the services that you want to collaborate on is very, very important. And then last but not least, once you've identified the structure, once you've found a way to establish that relationship, at the federal level, you know, uh, supporting change through the process. Mm. You said earlier about emotions and, you know, I'm passionate about this work. Others are as well. And when you're passionate about it, um, emotions tend to, <laughs> to rise. Right. But really, instead of focusing on the emotions, it's very important to take full advantage of the process. Right, right. At the federal level, um, the public has the opportunity to provide comments on the notice of proposed rulemaking when there's changes in place um, associated with either uh, the child support program and to dig a little bit further, you know, any type of fatherhood initiatives, uh, training and services, and that's where you can make a change, Mm -hmm. you know, where it comes law. Uh, anytime you monitor the federal registry mm-hmm. and there's a notice of proposed rulemaking that relates to the child support program, uh, providing comments uh, within the specified time period is where you can make a big difference mm-hmm. and getting um, maybe possibly some laws across the finish line. Mm-hmm. So, again, just to recap, mm-hmm. you know, making sure you're familiar with the structure, uh, making sure that you use that structure to identify what partnerships uh, you can establish based on the needs of the population in that area, and then at the federal level, uh, 
taking advantage of monitoring the federal registry, providing comments out there that will support uh, changes in the law. Tangela, you're incredible. Whatever I can do from whatever branch I'm sitting on, I'm in support of what it is you're trying to accomplish because we're in the same space. We're just looking at it from different angles. And so whether it is from my father's incorporated space where we're specifically in Metro Atlanta trying to figure out what to do there and then in the larger state of Georgia or from my federal space with the clearinghouse, how do we really, like you know you've given me some tasks to, to begin to start digging into. And so um, how do I get the rest of the country to begin to start thinking um, more passionately and um, in, in ways that we're actually moving in the same direction about this whole issue of child support. Um, this voice is always your voice. So anytime you have something that you need to talk about, all you have to do is call me and we can sit down and um, have this conversation because I think the other element where you talk about understanding the structure to me, that's part of the space of awareness, right? Making people aware of what's out there and not only, um, the infrastructure practitioners and researchers and funders and all of the legislators and all those people in the space. But it's also important that we make the people we serve aware yes. of what's happening. There's yes. an awesome, and I'm sure you've heard about this in the state of Maryland. Um, Governor um, Westmore just passed a law um, that um, encourages the court to have an emergency hearing whenever the custodial parent is going to move the child out of the vicinity mm -hmm. of the non-custodial parent uh, when there's a case involved so that parents just can't pick up their kids and move somewhere and take. And so now it's a law that's punishable by not paying to that law. And it sounds like a small thing, but it's a huge issue. Especially um, for mothers that want to be involved. Absolutely. Yeah. And now more increasingly for moms, because I know a dad who just did that. Mm -hmm. Right, because now we know that the number of fathers who are receiving sole custody of their children mm -hmm. is rising mm -hmm. significantly. Mm -hmm. More and more non-custodial parents are now moms, right? Mm -hmm. And so now we're getting to see that this system is not prejudiced against one or the other. It is. It probably is a little leaning when it comes to men, but when they get caught in the system, mm -hmm. it doesn't feel no different to them than it yeah. feels to the other parent. And so where we can make them aware of how what we're doing at the federal level and the state level and the county level is impacting them on the ground so that we can empower their voices Excellent. to then make comment. And at the same time, we're teaching them how to do that, right? We're actually working with advocacy groups and saying, this is the language you use, mm -hmm. and this is the information you need to know, and this is how you walk in here with this conversation so that we can impact them, impact this so we can make these small steps mm -hmm. to get to the bigger ones. That's right. That's right. And, and awareness is very important. So I want to take this opportunity as we... As we close up to say, you know, I've mentioned that we established engagement mm. as our vision for OCSE during this administration. Uh, and then one way that I could definitely utilize your skill um, is to participate in a fatherhood forum that mm. the Federal Office of Child Support Enforcement is hosting. Mm -hmm. uh, we are preparing uh, to administer this forum this upcoming November. Okay. Uh, we would love for you to join us. There. We would love it. And so we will keep you posted. Uh, right now it's tentatively scheduled for November the 2nd. Uh, but if you could participate and lift forces up, we would appreciate it. No, we're there. 
All right. We're in the house. All right. When that happens. Right. Oh my goodness. Thank you so much. And thank you so much to our um I Am Dad podcast listeners. You guys are gonna be um getting a treat listening to Tangela. Um great. Just being in our presence. This ain't the last time I'm gonna have <laughs> you on this show because I'm I'm respectful of your time. And so thank you so much for listening to I Am Dad Podcast. Um make sure you go to our website at IamDadPodcast.com and listen to all the conversations that we're having around this space. Until next Sunday, God bless and I'll see you then. Thank you. Thank you so much. Happy Father's Day. You know who I am. I'm Kenneth Braswell, and I have the distinct honor of serving as the CEO of Fathers Incorporated, an organization dedicated to advancing the cause of fatherhood and celebrating every man's privilege with this title. Today, as we commemorate Father's Day, I want to speak out about the importance of recognizing and inspiring fathers, for they truly are the unsung heroes of our lives. As the old African proverb goes, it takes a village to raise a child. I believe it also takes a village to support a father. In our busy lives, we often forget to acknowledge the efforts of fathers, the silent sacrifices they make, the unspoken love they carry in their hearts. Fathers are the roots of a tree often unseen for providing the stability and nourishment that allows the entire family to flourish. We must remember that fatherhood isn't just about biological connection. It's about love, courage, sacrifice, and a commitment to nurturing the next generation. As Napoleon Hill once said, every adversity, every failure, every heartache carries with it the seed of an equal or greater benefit. Fatherhood is about growing stronger through challenges and becoming better not just for oneself, but for one's children. Allow me to share a story with you. It underscores the transformative power of fatherhood. Once there was this cat named James, right? A single father struggling to raise his two young children and life dealt him a tough hand. But despite hardships, he never wavered from his responsibilities. He worked two jobs to make ends meet and still found time to attend his children's school events, help them with their homework, and tuck them in bed at night. His children saw him not just as their father, but their hero. And as they grew, so did their admiration for their dad. When James's daughter graduated as a valedictorian, she said this, my father is my hero. He showed me the power of resilience, the importance of hard work, and the meaning of unconditional love. James's story is not unique. There are countless fathers out there showing up for their children every day, making a difference in the ways that may not be often realized. And I like to wrap up with this, and it's a quote from Mark Twain. The two most important days in your life are the day that you're born and the day that you find out why. Fatherhood, for many of us, is that why. It's a role that brings purpose and meaning to our lives. So on this Father's Day, let's not honor our fathers, but inspire them. Remind them that their role is important, that they're not alone in their journey, and that their efforts are seen, recognized, and deeply appreciated. Remember, the heart of a father is the masterpiece of nature. 
So here's to all the dads with us and those watching over us. Your love, dedication, and sacrifice inspires us every day. Happy Father's Day to all the great dads and all the dads out there that are under the sound of my voice. Peace out and have an awesome, awesome day. Thank you so much for taking the time to spend with us. You've been listening to I Am Dad Podcast. We hope that you have been informed, encouraged you to think, or even inspired your heart for the love of dads. The conversation does not end here. Come back and join us next week. Same time, same place. Or you can continue the dialogue on our I Am Dad Facebook page. We also invite you to listen to past episodes, learn more about us, and keep up with special activities by visiting IamDadPodcast.com. That's IamDadPodcast.com. Until next time, I leave you with this reminder of manhood from 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 11. When I was a child, I spoke as a child. I understood as a child. I thought as a child. But when I became a man, I put away childish things. Because of this reminder, I will always understand that I am dad, period. <laughs>